All right, thank you so much for tuning in to Forward Thinking Founders. This is the podcast where we highlight undiscovered talent. We're scanning Y Combinator, Pioneer, Product Hunt, Twitter, Indie Hackers, all these different networks to find really interesting founders and interesting projects and startups, and we feature them on the podcast before you've probably heard of any of them. And what's great about this is you get to follow along on their journey as they become more and more successful and say, I knew them when. So thank you so much for tuning in to Forward Thinking Founders. And let's get into our next founder you haven't heard of, but you will. All right. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we're talking to founders about their companies, their visions for the future, and how the two collide. Today, I'm very excited to be talking to Sumuk Seti, who is a student at Babson, a venture fellow at Rough Draft, and the founder of Team Demi. Sumuk, welcome to the show. How's it going? Thanks so much. Looking forward to being on. Been excited. Yeah, I am excited to have you on. You, you're doing a lot, which is really exciting. <laughs> I, I think to start, where, where I want to dive into, and we'll go all over the place here, but I've never had, a, if I'm, I'm pretty sure, I've never had a current um, person that has been involved with Rough Draft um, on the podcast. Okay. Um, so I'd love to start there and then navigate around what that is, what your company is, yeah. what's like being a student, et cetera. So let's just start there and starting at what is Rough Draft? I think a lot of people listening may not know what it is. So what is it and how are you involved that we can go from there? Yeah. So, so when I, when I kind of got to college, uh, I got a Babson. Um, I, I was always fascinated with, with venture capital and I wanted to get involved with supporting student founders. Um, and so I spent a year and a half with Contrary Capital, which is another university focused fund um, that does slightly larger checks. And then I realized I kind of wanted to spend some more time investing in the really, really early stage, like first check-in. Um, and so that's what motivated me to kind of jump uh, over to Rough Draft. Um, and Rough Draft has been amazing. It's basically a group of students from across the Boston area. They've got New York and SF as well. Um, I'm in the Boston team and, you know, we're, we're a group of students across Northeastern, Harvard, MIT, Babson, um, working to basically support founders at our, at our different schools and build the Boston student ecosystem. Um, so we, we, you know, our check size is pretty small um, and we, we aim to do a couple investments a semester, but, but really I, I joined it because of the community, the learning and, and kind of the growth. And then also we're, we're actually general catalyst student fund. So we're able to kind of get a lot of exposure to what they do and how they work. So the thing that I immediately think about is how seemingly like in demand this program would be because this allows students to be venture capitalists and write checks and Mm -hmm. not just that, but it ties them to, like you just mentioned, general catalyst, it ties them to, you know, a very successful venture firm. And there's a lot of models out here like this. I'd love to hear how did... I guess, how does someone become a venture fellow? Is it competitive? Is it you have to know someone? Um, this is a whole new world, at least to me. And like, I'm pretty plugged in. So like, I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to learning. Like, what's the culture around uh, becoming a venture fellow at, at uh, Rough Draft? Yeah, 100%. So, so I think it's, it's one, I mean, you know, these, these venture fellow or venture partner programs for students are, are one looking for, for kind of to get representation at universities that have a lot of kind of startups and entrepreneurial ecosystem action kind of going on. Um, so that's kind of one is be a student from that, that, the school that's either like that has that or work with the school to build that so that you can make a case for yourself. 
Um, and then two is, I think, you know, it's, it's definitely about getting to know the people. If, if there's already representatives, get to know them really well. Um, so when I got my job with Contrary, um, when I was a freshman, I actually got to know the current rep, um, Jonathan. He, I, I got to know him really well, became really good, really good friends. Um, and so because of that, he was able to put in a good word when I kind of went through the interview process and I started on, started kind of exploring that route. Um, and then actually Rough Draft approached me about kind of um, joining them. And so that was, that was, I think, because of my experience in the space already and what I'd already done kind of at Babson, building my entrepreneurial experience. Um, and so it's really about getting on their radar, right? So, so get, get to know the people who are already part of that, the programs, um, become part of your entrepreneurial clubs, um, you know, get involved with entrepreneurial centers. Um, it's really like making a difference at your school um, and kind of being part of what's already happening so that you are the student that they think of when, you know, when, when, the, when the company or the, or the fund approaches the school looking for that kind of ex-student that might be willing to kind of jump in and help them out. Um, so you want to be on the top of the radar. It almost sounds a little bit just like venture capital everywhere, uh, you know, to get yeah. into, you know, any fund in, you know, San Francisco, Boston, New York, like it's kind of, kind of got to know the people, got to build the trust, got to have that reputation. Um, and it sounds no different, which is honestly cool to hear. Um, cool to hear that there are some um, colleges, a lot of colleges that, that have that environment one, one other question I had, I want to stick around here for a little bit. And then the next, I want to jump over to your company and what, and what you're working mm -hmm. on. So you, I think if I heard you correctly, you said your freshman year, you got a gig or a job with Contrary Capital. Or con was it Contrary yep. Capital? So Contrary, yeah. It sounds like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but this is something that you wanted from the get, like, like start college. All right. Like how can I get involved in, mm -hmm. you know, a pretty meaningful network? Um, does, does your interest in venture capital and tech go back to high school or middle school? Or like, how do you know that freshman year, like you were going to get involved with a venture firm? Oh yeah. Um, it, it goes, it goes way back. My dad is an entrepreneur. I grew up in the Valley. Um, so I've grown up kind of seeing tech and seeing kind of, um, you know, trends and stuff like that. And I knew I wanted to go into entrepreneurship myself. That's why Babson was my dream school since ninth grade. Um, and for those who don't know, Babson is a small school out in Boston. We're number one in entrepreneurship. It's what they're really known for, what they hone in on. Um, so I kind of had kind of dictated my, my kind of college experience around that, around startups and VC and stuff like that. And, and VC was something I'd always kind of been fascinated with, just reading and learning from my dad and hearing the stories um and kind of because of that i just i just wanted to explore it and see if it was see if it was something that i'd be interested in further but also the, on the flip side i really wanted to build that experience so that i knew that I, after after college i was going to go into startups and kind of entrepreneurship and i knew that that experience would help with kind of being able to understand the other side of the table being able to think about like what vcs want like how am i building something that's actually on track um, and there's, there's just so many benefits to, I think, building that experience early on that, that later on will, will pay dividends for me, I have no doubt. I think you, you mentioned a really interesting point, which is learning about this venture capital stuff doesn't just help you as a venture capitalist. It yeah. also is really helpful if you're on the other side of the table at raising money because you, you, you understand. You understand the economics. You understand the incentives. Uh, so I, I think that's that's brilliant. I, I love it. So you you grew up, you know, surrounded with entrepreneurship. You knew you wanted mm -hmm. to go to this college uh, since ninth grade. You get in there. You you become a venture fellow or whatever it's called at, at contrary. So when um, now let's 
go a parallel path on your entrepreneurship journey on being a founder. So you are doing, you have this VC track that you're doing now, mm -hmm. but you also mentioned you're doing some other stuff. So I'd love to hear what else you're working on and also how that dichotomy works with also school, like just getting into that culture would be pretty interesting. Yeah, hundred um, percent. I'm, I'm just a big believer in optimize for learning. Um, so I take on op opportunities and things that are around me that I can really feel like I'm learning a ton. Um, and so a lot of times I, I've realized over the years that I learn best through kind of trying and then getting out there and doing it on my own, um, which kind of inspired me to start my first company when I was in high school um, called Team Dummy, which is an online education platform designed to teach teens life skills not taught in, in, in the school, basically. So my, my whole theory was that soft skills and life skills, like imagine decision making, creativity, innovation, personal finance. I just felt like all these things were missing from just our education system. And so I wanted to kind of see, can we, you know, bring together a ton of content creators and, and put it up on a free platform for teens to kind of watch and, and, and kind of, you know, get the foundational to these skills that they can go build build later on when they, when they kind of get into the real world, but at least giving them some sort of exposure to kind of um, those skills and what that might look like um, so that they can supplement their education. Um, and that was, that was all be just because, you know, I, I felt like I wanted that in the, in, in the market and I didn't really see it. And so I decided one day to kind of just, you know, go for it. Um, and so uh, I worked on that for about a year or two. Um, and then I got to college and it kind of got involved in a bunch of different things. Um, but now in the process of kind of restarting that and, and exploring um, what we can do with that, with that whole company and what we built. Yeah, that's awesome. I, as everyone listening or most people listening might know, I started an education company about a year ago teaching people how to freelance. And now my my main gig is K through twelve education, so I'm very I'm very much so into education. Um, so that that that's awesome. How do if you, if you were a VC, um, you know, out of college, a typical let's say general catalyst, your mm -hmm. primary role would be finding deal. I mean, it'd be what it's what whatever you're doing now, but probably like a, a lot more of it, and you probably wouldn't have time for other things like school or yeah. Um, a startup. Can you tell me what's it like being able to do all these things while actually let, let me let me rephrase that. You're optimizing the shit out of your college experience. It sounds like um, you're you're really setting yourself up. And as someone, um, you know, like maybe as someone who is now three, four years out of college, I'm like, you know, I'm like, mm -hmm. wow, you're, you're you're doing it right. What what advice would you have for other college students that want to do big things, they want to strategically align their career up, but like, and let's say they know what they want to do or that, you know, I won't even limit to that. Just like any college career person, uh, college minded person who is into entrepreneurship, what advice would you have for them to line up their time in college to set them up? So after college, they have a lot of options. Yeah. What's interesting about that question is um, I was very intentional with the college I chose to begin with. Um, Babson is a very, very small school. Um, you know, we're, we're, you know, known and, and, and we completely hone in entrepreneurship as kind of the focus for the students, not, not just as building companies, but building that entrepreneurial mindset. Um, and what's interesting about the fact that Babson is so small is I knew going in that entrepreneurship from students would be kind of centralized into a couple of different areas. Um, and so if I could get into those couple of different areas and, and, and really make myself well known, I basically have access to all the smart and top entrepreneurs at my, at my school. 
and be able to come friends with them and hang out with them. And so early on from day one, I realized that all of them hung out or, or, or went through this place called E-Tower. Um, and E-Tower is the entrepreneurship community at Babson. We've got our own living arm. We're basically 21 residents all live together um, and kind of during the semester and stuff like that. Uh, and then we also have kind of our Wednesday night speaker events where, where speakers will come in and kind of talk to the general audience. Um, we've got like a mailing list of a bunch of people um, across Babson. We, we host Babson's biggest pitch competition ever, which I organized, um, giving away like $100,000 to the winner. Um, so that was super fun. Um, but I got in, I got in there, I got in there my first semester and I was, a, I've been a resident ever since. Um, it's completely transformed my Babson experience. Um, and I actually became vice president and then president because I was just so passionate about what they were doing there. Um, and then I also realized that entrepreneurship was very centralized in um, what's called the Blank Center, which is um, the entrepreneurship center on campus um, that supports entrepreneurs uh, from undergrad, grad, kind of executive education, all different levels. Um, and so I got to know the people there really well um, through, through kind of my work with eTower and just who I was at Babson. Um, and then overall, I think I just was able to really make myself known through kind of the, the, the conscious decisions that I was making through my college experience. Um, so getting involved with eTower, kind of choosing Babson as a college helped me because I knew what my goals were kind of coming in. And so I chose a college that was conducive to that environment um, that made it easy for myself to kind of make that, that kind of transition, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes total sense. And something I want to mention is what's key here is it's not like you went to this college to Babson to figure out what you wanted to do. You went to Babson because that is that has what you already knew you wanted, which ultimately yeah. means you 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 knew what you wanted to do early. And this is really important because you look at me like for to give give some people some different context. I didn't get into entrepreneurship until the start of my senior year of college. This was five years ago, and mm -hmm. um it's it just it put me back maybe it put me back four years or whatever but like i decided to get on the path when i was 20 or 21 and it's worked it's, it's working out pretty well so um but what you're saying and what i agree with is the earlier you can kind of figure out what you want the more you can keep going down that path and that just compounds over time and my my next question for you is how do you think about your future career prospects like you could be a VC you could be a founder you could you know you could be anything really based on your experience how do you think about life post-college or are you more thinking just about the moment right now yeah 100% and I think um, I'm totally like 100% a fan of kind of getting into entrepreneurship early um, if that's what you want to do obviously or just you know generally business um, what I'm not saying is start a business early I think that's that's what a lot of kids kind of rush into and they kind of take that that moment to I'm just going to start something I think you know what I always tell kids in high school and even younger is kind of find mentors early on that can kind of be the the, the sounding block and kind of listening like this just, just a, a sounding board for you to kind of bounce ideas off of and talk to and learn from and then you'll still find yourself kind of developing ideas and kind of things on your own through that process um, which is what I was able to do through kind of obviously I, I, I leaned on my dad and kind of his, his experience a little bit early on, but afterwards, once I was starting to build my own network and things like that, it became very, very natural for me to get into the, get into the, to these conversations and things like that and then learn from these awesome people. And I think that that helped because I was in it so early. Um, and then to, to kind of go back to the latter part of your question, um, the way I think about post-college is, is, you know, it's, it's a blank canvas for me. Um, I'm super pumped about all the possibilities. Um, I think you know, I could go into VC. I honestly do want to go into startups after college. 
Um, but what I've what I've optimized my college experience for is is, is experience in a lot of different areas um, and learning a ton so that I have that that kind of opportunity to go into these different areas after college and see what's what's there for me. Um, but I know I really want to get into kind of a high output, high learning environment that really enables me to thrive um, and do a lot with kind of community building. So um, that's really the goal for me. You want to get into that high output management? <laughs> uh, the, the moment uh, for people listening who, who can't see, which is all of you, I, I, have a, I have the book High Output Management by Andy Grove, and he, I had to, to bring it out. If you haven't read that book, have you read that book? Are you familiar with it? I've, I've listened to some of the talks, but I haven't actually read the book mm, yet. It is, it's good when you, well, I guess you're running, yeah, you are running the company now, or at least you're starting it back up. I would definitely suggest getting this book. It is the most practical book I've ever read on startups. And it's not, I don't even count it as a business book. It's just like, it's a manual. Um, it's great. Yeah. Uh, and I wish I could tell you Andy Grove paid me to say that, but obviously <laughs> I don't know Andy Grove. I just love, I just love the book. Um, so a couple, a couple more questions. One yeah. One day, um, a couple more questions and then we will call it a wrap. So how something I'm kind of interested in is right now to become a VC in just in the world outside of college, like at one of these professional funds, like general catalyst, um, you, you need to know people to get in, but also like you kind of need some startup experience. You need to be having MBA. Like, you have to have like, like, like a good amount of skills, at least from my perception, you probably know better than I do. Cause I, you know, I'm not a VC. I've never touched that, but I'm, I'm interested when you came to Babson as a freshman and enjoying contrary cap, how did you, I don't know, I don't mean to sound derogatory, but like, how do you know what to do? Like, did they train you? Did you go through a manual? Did you, did you just know a lot of people like, and that's what made it work? Um, I'd love to hear like how you skilled up and leveled up on the VC world. Yeah. What's, what's cool about contrary is they put us through like a four week training process, um, which is a mix of kind of reading, watching videos, um, talking to the partners, um, and then, you know, just, just kind of, uh, moving in as a cohort into the kind of the organization. Um, so that was a really big, you know, thing for me. And then, and to the, to, to kind of answer other parts of your question, I think, um, VCs, the VCs I've talked to is just, you know, you learn VC by just talking to more companies. Um, you, you just become the more companies you talk to, the more meetings you have, the more time you spend with partners, um, listening to how they think and kind of how they operate. Um, the more you develop your mindset, um, which is tough because it's a very, you know, it's a very inward focused kind of way to learn. Um, because if you, you know, how do you, how do you get more meetings if you're not actually in the room and, you know, stuff like that. But, um, I think what I was able to prove early on to contrary and then why they kind of probably took a chance on me, um, is because what I realized is VCs care a lot about the deal flow you're able to bring them and the access to entrepreneurs that you have. And I was able to prove that with my involvement with eTower, Blank Center, and everything else I was doing at Babson, um, I would be that source for them for every single Babson company. Um, and so if you could, if you could prove to a VC that you have this immense amount of deal flow that, that, that they just are not tapping into, um, or you could carry on the torch from someone who is kind of moving out of the role and you can kind of step in, um, to be like them. Um, that's what they'll care about. And so, um, I, I, I was able to learn early on the tips and tricks, obviously from Jonathan, who was my predecessor at, at Contra, who I worked with for a little bit. Um, but after that, you know, it became pretty natural for me to kind of, um, have that deal flow and that access to, to kind of those people. And how do you, um, how do you know who's good in college? Everyone 
you know, there's a lot of ambitious people, but um, especially in college, I mean, in life, but I would say specifically in college, it's hard to, at least for me, it was hard to dissect, take away ambition from like competency and actually be yeah. ability to like GSD and like return the fund. Like the whole point of a VC, someone that can return the fund with with an exit. Uh, uh, and I mean, did you even expect any college students to do that? Or when you invested it, um, I guess, tell me a little bit about the people you invested in. Um, these students, were they were they um, exceptional? Were, you, were they just bets? I don't know. I, I guess... I just would love to hear about the students you invested in and why you decided to invest. Yeah, I think, you know, they, they ended up being more, more, I think, bets. Obviously, you know, we see a wide variety of companies. And because Contra is not just at Babson, they've got presence at all, a lot of the top universities. And, and the same thing with Rough Draft is they've got presence at a lot of the top universities. We see companies from across, you know, a wide spectrum from in terms of quality and kind of entrepreneur. Um, and so, you know, our goal is to obviously invest in the best, but we, we love to provide resources and support to everyone just so that they can get out, get to that level. Um, and it's tough sometimes, obviously, when, when kind of, the, you know, the entrepreneur um, is working on something so diligently, but we just can't give them that, that check. Obviously, that's super tough, but, um, you know, we, we tend to, to fund, I, I like to look at teams a lot, in my opinion. I, I think that's, in my opinion, one of the most important parts of just building a company. Um, I think your your ability to sell not only other people but also people in your network that you're building something legit is such a green flag to me um and it's it's something that i look at heavily when i kind of think about students especially because we've got one of the most powerful cards there is right now for the four years that you're in school is that student card um and so you should be using that every single moment you get and leveraging that as much as you can to get time with really really smart people and convince them that what you're building is amazing. Um, that's a huge green light for, for, I know, not only for me, but also the other student VCs that I work with. Um, we look at that heavily. Um, and obviously, you know, product and, and market's great. Obviously, we look for a growing market. I can talk a lot about that. But in my opinion, I think if you're, if, if you're a student founder listening to this and you're looking for one tip to kind of take away from this, is build a strong team. I think that's just going to set you apart so much from kind of, um, the rest of, of just the student startups out there that are working towards some of the same goals that you are. So let's say, this is one of my last questions. Um, let's say you have a, um, a strong team, but you're based in a hub that you, there's no, this, this network that you're talking about doesn't exist. Like I'll just use my own town as an example or my own city, Phoenix, Arizona, is there a, like a vert, almost like a way to virtually connect with this network? Not necessarily getting exact funding, but how, how does someone outside of this network get into get into it and meet people like you and network their way into you know people that are going to be you know important to them you know even after they graduate and beyond? Yeah, that's a great question. I think um, the cool part about kind of rough draft. And I know Dorm Room Fund and kind of Contra does this as well. You can apply straight on their website if you're building something interesting. Um, and I know that it goes into our kind of Slack channel and we, we kind of take a look at every company that comes our way. Um, but again, with, with the cool part about today and then kind of the world we live in today is a lot of online communities are really being built up. Um, and a lot of communities that are curated are also starting. Um, so I'd find a way to kind of get into those rooms and get into kind of the the minds of, of really smart people because really smart people tend to hang out with really smart people. Um, and so if you can kind of get into those circles and get into those groups, like one of my favorites is like the Next Gen group. 
um, which is, you know, a great community for kind of people who are looking to, to kind of just get into entrepreneurship and connect with awesome young people. Um, like getting into communities like that, where, where kind of the curation is done for you, in a sense, and kind of attending their yearly event and stuff like that. I think if you're in a hub that's not really like the major city, um, you know, that's a great way to get started. And then obviously, um, the cool part about kind of cold emailing and stuff like that today is just, you know, you can reach anyone. And I think, you know, use that student card as much as you can. Two, two things, and then we'll get to the last question, and then we'll, then we'll wrap it up. So I, it's funny you mentioned the next-gen community. I remember, I feel like my world was kind of, like, opened up a little bit when my friends, mm-hmm. Ethan and Ani, were like, yo, like, let's get you into it. Like, this was after I started my first company. I proved that I was good enough. You know, I, I had mm-hmm. something. And they're like, let's get you in. And it, it opened me up to tier one, just tier one young professional. I mean, that sounds so lame to say it like that, but it's like just tier one hustlers all in yeah. one place um, in this online community. And there was thousands of them. And at that moment kind of changed. It sounds corny, but it kind of changed the trajectory of, of my career because it got me to think bigger. It got me connected to really smart people. It's people like as smart as being way smarter than me, like they may be mm-hmm. almost intimidated. And and that's good though. That's like the good kind of stuff. So yeah. um, and, and the last thing I'll mention um, for people listening is that if you are, you know, if you, if you do not live in one of these hubs, just remember like this podcast started it, you know, I did it all from Phoenix, Arizona, and I've had some pretty great guests on like, so um, just, just don't limit yourself by geography. It's like, it's, it's the internet, you know, and it enables anything. And my, my last, so, and then with that, my last question for you, just in general, and I asked an iteration of this earlier, but I'll just leave it more open-ended this time is what advice would you have for any student entrepreneur or not, mm-hmm. um, to just get ahead in their four years and set themselves up and uh, um, and whatnot. You already mentioned use the student card as much as you can. I would agree. Um, you mentioned get any get in, into, into online communities. So any other tips, tricks, tactics you would use um, or tell someone to use as a student trying to get ahead? Yeah, there's there's just there's so much to that, and I think you know diving in there. I think the first thing is I recommend is get to know your administration at your college. Um, I found that just getting to know them has opened up so many doors for me. Um, like, for example, um, you know, if you're a Babson student listening to this, like get to know the alumni office really well, because um, they've done an amazing job curating a fantastic community, and they're more than willing to open their doors for you and open their connections to you. Um, if you're a student motivated and, and you show that you're a go-getter. Um, and so, you know, that, that's, that's one, one thing right there is get to know the administration. Obviously, you know, that includes professors, like build a strong relationship with them. Um, cause you never know, they could be the, 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 kind of the link to your next job or your next internship or whatever. Um, two is find really, really smart people and hang out with them. Um, I think, you know, I, I was lucky that, you know, a self-selected crowd of people kind of liked to go and hang out at E-Tower and we loved to, we actually ended up living with each other. And a lot of my best friends are people that lived in E-Tower. Um, but kind of, you know, find that community for you and really invest a lot of time there. Um, because the, those the, those are going to be the people that stand by you for you know after college and whatnot. And they they they're people they're people from Utah that have opened up so many doors for me um, that I that I'm so grateful for. And I think you know with that a lot of that kind of ties back into um, you know make a mark at your college basically. 
um, have, make an impact, right? So whatever that looks like for you, obviously, uh, you know, I'm talking more from a small school level where I, where I was more able to kind of get involved deeply. Um, but at a bigger school, maybe that means, you know, starting some sort of small student initiative or kind of getting to know a, a department of your school and kind of seeing how you can help them um, take off, take a problem off their back and solve it for them. Um, but just make yourself known at the school because the school will do whatever they can to highlight you and kind of promote you um, if they recognize that you are, are, are kind of equally as valuable to them, basically. Wow, that's all really, really useful and really great advice. If you're listening, um, I would do all of that. That is honestly incredible. And this whole po- this whole uh, podcast episode has been incredible. I really appreciate you being open to diving into your world um, from your startup to your time at Rough Draft. So, you know, thank you again for coming on and just best of luck, you know, for the remainder of college and postgrad. I think you have a bright future ahead of you. Thanks so much. I really enjoyed it. Okay. Thank you everyone for tuning into that episode. I hope you really enjoyed it. And luckily there's another one coming up real soon. But before then, I have a couple things to tell you. First, if you're listening to this and you think you're working on something cool or you think you're smart, hit me up on Twitter. I am at Matt underscore Sherman, and that is Matt with one T. So hit me up, shoot me a DM, and I'm happy to check out what you're working on and maybe we can get you on the pod. But at the very least, I'm happy to give you feedback on your product or project or startup. Lastly, if you can please rate this podcast in the iTunes store. That would be awesome. I'm trying to get up in the rankings so more people can discover these awesome founders. And the only way to do that, or one of the ways to do that, is growing with rankings. So if you like what you're listening to, please just go onto the iTunes store, give it five stars or four, you know, or three. I'm not going to tell you what to give, but just tell whatever I deserve, you should rate that. With that, I'm signing off. See you next time. Bye.